0: Listening to Radio Owl's Nest. The songs of Martin Page all day, all night, forever. So grab a cup of tea, settle down with us in the Owl's Nest. This is a really crazy idea of mine, but I do have lots of crazy ideas and I thought I'd follow up on this one and see just how crazy it really is. This is episode one of Radio Owls Nest. I was thinking, why isn't there a radio station that plays my music constantly, every second, every minute, every hour, every day? And I thought, well, they're not doing it, so I'm going to do it. And a few fans have said they like my throwback Thursdays and the stories behind the songs. So I thought, why don't I feature a little radio show with all my songs on so I can feed my ego and also tell the stories behind some of these songs. I thought it was quite a good idea. Some people have told me it's not. Some people have said it's a great idea. So I thought I'd just be mad and go with it. So, in the Owl's Nest, I'm sat here with lots of cassettes, lots of CDs, lots of songs that have come out of the archive, some odds and sods, some strange demos, some new songs that nobody's heard, and some songs that were recorded by other people, but these versions of mine might be interesting to some of you out there. Anyway, that's the concept of the Radio Owl's Nest show. And so, go with me, give it a shot, and let's see if we enjoy it all together. Now, I don't know how many songs I can get in a show, an episode at a time. I've got such a big mouth, and this is a bit of an experiment. So, go with me, let's see what we can achieve, and see if we can get quite a few songs in in one episode. I'm going to start with a song called Big View. I wrote this for my album uh, in the Temple of the Muse. It didn't make it onto the album. Um, I've just remastered it. I put a great little unit in the studio called SSL Fusion, and I remastered it, and it sounds pretty good to me. It's featuring the drums of the great late Jimmy Copley, who uh, I miss dearly and is known for his great work with Tears for Fears and Jeff Beck. Also, Neil Taylor, great guitar on this track, um, who I also met. When I was working with Kurt Smith Um, Listen for the end of this song It's me trying to emulate All the Young Dudes by Mott the Hoople What a record that was I wore it out Um, On CBS Records I'm a fanatic for the colours of labels So I can still remember the yellow-orange CBS label I bought with Mott the Hoople back then And that was a little bit of the inspiration of Big View And um, of course, David Bowie and Mott the Hoople on All the Young Dudes. The story behind the lyrics on Big View, um, it's my interpretation of what the politicians were doing when I wrote the song. Not having any Big View at all. And they still don't have any Big View today. Um, Love is the way. So, now we're really pushing along, we're really speeding, and I'm going to play you another song quite quickly here, a song that um, I haven't released or played to anybody out there, really, except my manager and my father. When my father was ill in hospital... I used to bring in songs to play him that I was writing, just to cheer him up a little bit. And there was a song I wrote at that time called I Guess That's What Love Feels Like. And when I start the song, I sing, "woohoo," a very high note. And although my father was very ill and couldn't speak, uh, he used to clench my hand when he heard that and the nurses would say that's a very positive response so i'd play it to him and now woohoo i'd get a sense that uh he was enjoying it and he was um, hearing it and feeling it so here is a song nobody's heard before it's called i guess that's what love feels like
1: Can't get you off my mind. And something strange has changed my life. I've lost all sense of time, and suddenly my world has turned. Has turned me upside down And something set my soul on fire And my feet won't touch the ground I guess this is what love feels like I guess this is what love feels like I guess this is what love feels like. I guess this is what love feels like. Yeah. How sweet it is the air I breathe. Now everything's brand new. And it's all because of you I guess this is what love feels like I guess this is what love feels like I guess this is what love feels like I guess this is what i uh-huh. But there's a peace comes over me Every time you take my hand I guess this is what love feels like I guess this is what love feels like I guess this is what love feels
2: like.
1: Yeah, I guess this is what love feels like. I guess this is what love feels like. something I guess this is what love feels like. I, like. I can get you off my mind. I guess this is what love feels like I'm falling, falling into mystery I guess this is what love feels like
0: Can't get you off my mind Well, this little premiere of a song I wrote a long time ago uh, recorded on analogue tape machine, the old studio I had back then and um, I've got memories of that quite strong because of ...how those high notes affected my father. Anyway, onward. Having your own radio show means you can dip back into albums... ...to songs that people maybe are not too aware of. And I want to dip back now to an album I recorded called Hotel of the Two Worlds. This was my journey back to my childhood when I was uh, in South Carolina, Savannah and Charleston, way down south. My father uh, worked on an airbase down there. He'd brought across the um, Harrier jump jet for British aerospace. So I was a young kid down there doing nothing but listening to radio, and um, I heard some brilliant music. That's where I discovered the great funk of the world. Parliament, James Brown, Motown, Stax. Oh, my God. Fantastic. And that's where I really fell in love with the bass guitar, because in that era, you really did hear people like Louis Johnson, Brothers Johnson, Graham Central Station and Sly Family Stone, um, Larry Graham and Stanley Clark. You heard the best funk. So on Hotel of the Two Worlds, I recorded a song called Delta Jukebox. You can hear at the beginning of this song the vibe of being down south near the swamps and feeling the heat of South Carolina. a song from my album, Hotel of the Two Worlds. It's called Delta Jukebox. I had great fun playing guitars on that track, and um, it reminded me of um, growing up down south and listening to some outstanding stuff on 1970s soul radio. And on that song, I enjoyed delving back into the history of the blues and writing some lyrics about some of the artists I wasn't absolutely, totally aware of growing up in England, but once I studied um, the history of the blues, I was able to incorporate some of those ideas in the song. So now, shall we go back to the 80s? The 80s. I said it quiet, but a lot of people in here heard what I said, as you can tell. Um, let's go back to that era that, in lots of ways, um, was very seminal to me because my first record um, with my uh, first band, really, Q-Feel... Dancing in Heaven, Orbital Bebop, became quite a big record um, in the beginning of the 80s over here in Los Angeles. And it, in lo- lots of ways, it launched my career as a songwriter. Um, back in the 80s, uh, Brian Fairweather, my partner in QFIL, we were set up in a little flat in Willston in London with a little TAC four-track tape recorder and a couple of small synthesizers, a reverb unit and a microphone. And a drum machine, the Lynn drum machine. And we started to do do demos, which um, in a lot of ways were um, quite influential around that time because everything was changing, everything was becoming electric. There was a great album out by Tom Dolby, The Golden Age of Wireless, which I have always thought was the Sgt. Pepper of new wave music at that time. Brian and I wrote a song called Invisible Hands, it's, I'm going to play it to you now, a very rare demo. Done on a 4-track, you can hear it's almost all mono. Um, <laughs> all on analogue tape, you can hear all the hiss. I've got this from an old cassette, so please excuse the roughness. But this song went on to be uh, recorded by Kim Carnes in America. It became our first Top 40 hit in America for me and Brian as songwriters, so that's a big deal, thank you Kim. And here is the original cassette demo of Invisible Hands. Please excuse all the hiss, all the roughness but here is the original from the 80s, Invisible Hands. below me, because I lived on the top floor of uh, a building in uh, Islington in London, uh, 9 Ockenden Road. Uh, Amazing, I can still remember it. On the top floor, and I was stomping away with my feet, playing the bass, screaming all these loud noises with my partner, and somehow people below didn't complain. Uh, Hard to believe. But that uh, song, Invisible Hands, was really written for Q-Feel. Most of the songs I wrote about around that time were all for Q-Phil, thinking it was going to follow up on an album that was going to follow Dancing in Heaven. In 2012, I released a solo record on my own label, Ironing Board Records, and uh, that album was called A Temper of Peace. And that album started with a song called Halo. And I remember on that song, distinctly experimenting with vintage keyboards, great synthesizers from... um, Late 70s, early 80s, Jupiter 8s, Oberheims, they have this richness and this sound. You just can't get um, today on digital keyboards and keyboards that are in the box, as they say. So really that sound and that largeness, that warmth, that richness really led me into um, creating this song, Halo. The song, Halo, basically is about how we promote our own visions of people onto their images how we imagine like with politicians leaders of the world um even our mothers our fathers or um our loved ones we project sometimes upon them what we wish they were as if we put a halo above their heads we create that illusion basically that's what this song's about and it's a joy to actually go back into the archives and uh, play the original halo That's Halo, and that's from my album A Temper of Peace. And I think it set the tone to the album right at the top quite well. Well, I couldn't resist playing a track that I wrote with somebody else. And uh, why don't I play a track I wrote with the great Peter Cox, the lead singer from Go West. I won't hang about. I shall play the song straight away, keep the vibes up, and I shall tell you some history about this song and the way it was created after we've been on the night train. Train a song I wrote with Peter Cox uh, at the time uh, when Peter was thinking about doing a solo album um, away from go west we were here in Los Angeles in my studio in the garage at uh, the famous garage and we were knocking together three or four songs in the hope that they would go on to a debut album the sod he never recorded them the sod I'll never forgive him around that time Peter was staying in town quite a lot, and so I was using him for as many sessions as I could. And around that time, uh, that period, he sang on a couple of my songs, background vocals, Good Heart, I remember, with Starship. He sang in the, the background vocals with me on that. Um, and on the Kurt Smith album, which I was producing, there was a song called Come the Revolution, and Pete sang some brilliant background vocals on that and actually stepped out on that record, you can hear him scatting, you know it's his sound, and uh, he shines on that record, I think. Anyway, um, around that time, my mother um, came into LA, and I remember her making cups of tea for us, and she'd say to me, that lovely young Peter, Jake's a gentleman, he's a lovely man. Well, she wasn't that posh, but she said, he's a good one, he's a nice guy. Um, the manners of Peter Cox did definitely charm my mother, and I expect Lots and lots of ladies around that time. But we will not go into that here now. Pete was amazing at um, hearing groove. Although I was playing lots of keyboards, he would often, as you can hear on Night Train, he's playing, I, I got the fretless sound for him on a synthesizer. And between the two of us, we created some really nice, uh, funky bass lines. And I think... Great singers are always frustrated drummers, and I think Peter showed signs of that, his sense of rhythm, um, and everything we worked on was, was brilliant. We had the same loves. I mean, our musical heritage, everything we grew up on, our records, uh, we had the same connection, which was brilliant when we wrote together, and we trusted each other. There's no doubt about that. Uh, It was a dream for me because you sing a song and you give him an idea, and I used to love to prepare ideas before he'd come. So I'd play him, you know, four or five songs on a cassette, and he'd say, no, 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 that one, that one, and uh, we'd work on that. But, you know, I would sing melodies and concepts, and he'd instantly jump on that and take it into a a fantastic place. Another thing I remember is I I have a lot of microphones, and uh, certain microphones sound great on certain singers, um, I remember that Tom Jones dropped by my house to um, sing on a song so I could get his key, and he blew the microphone up. That's another story, but I still have remnants of that microphone plastered to the wall. Um, Welsh singers, keep away from them. But with uh, Peter, I had an old vintage mic that didn't sound good on me, and it, although it was called a uh, AKG C12. They're, they are really beautiful, um, old microphones from a great era. They have a bright sound to them. I hadn't. I tried to make this microphone work, tried, just didn't work with me, and I kept on thinking it should. I put it up for Peter and it absolutely came alive. Um, maybe that's because when there was a great singer singing through it. <laughs> uh, but that's what you hear on this demo, and I always thought if I ever worked with Peter or produced him, I'd say, you've got to sing on an AKJ C12, which is a tube microphone. Little things that uh, I remember from doing great sessions uh, with Pete for Night Train and a few other songs. And uh, our friendship, I believe, is still really strong, and I do hope one day I see him again over here in the sunshine. That's another thing. I used to like getting a tan and thought, I've got the best tan. But every time Peter arrived to work, he was more tanned than me and better looking very annoying incredibly annoying but i hope pete and i make some noise again down the line i recorded my first instrumental ambient record in uh, 2018 it was an album called the amber of memory and on that record is a track called night in saint cloud and i based this song on the 1890 painting by edvard munch It's a a nocturnal window scene and it really moved me. track called Night in St. Cloud, and it's from my uh, 2018 album, instrumental album, called The Amber of Memory. Um, I enjoyed playing the uh, Gretsch Falcon guitar on that. And thank you to my supporters, my fans, for being very gracious and accepting that I was taking a different turn here with an instrumental record. You're fantastic. You know who you are. And in fact, um, something I could bring up now and I wanted to bring up, that the music you hear right at the beginning of this show and you'll hear right at the end of this show is a track called Transparent Envelopes, um, a phrase I gleaned from Virginia Woolf. Now, that's what you hear on the beginning of the uh, show and what you hear on the end is a, a track that I'm also building for a future instrumental album. Oh no, they scream, but uh, that's what the track is that you hear at the beginning and at the end. And now it's time for the quiz. I thought it would be fun to have a quiz. Uh, Two questions, 50 points for the first question and 50 points for the second question. Let's see who can get 100 points and both questions right. So the first question... What is my favourite bass guitar? What's it called? What's its colour? I toured with it. What's my favourite bass guitar? And... The second question for another 50 points. My debut album, In the House of Stone and Light, had a song on it called Shape the Invisible. And can any of you out there tell me? Uh Aha! What's the inspiration behind that song? How did I get the title for that song? Shape the Invisible. What's the story behind the song? So let's see who gets 100 points. Gets both questions right or gets both questions wrong or gets one question right and one question not right or you don't answer it at all. And that could easily happen. So there ends the quiz and now back to Music. In 2013, I was very honoured to be asked to contribute a song to a very special album, an album called Firework 2013. It benefited the research into childhood cancer, and the album can still be found on iTunes. I sometimes, when I get up early in the morning, I take a walk around a lake, which is pretty nearby where I live, and I used to always marvel at the birds that just glided very low over the lake, and I thought, hmm, that must be a great escape. And somehow, that's what I wanted to write about, and that's where Glide came from. On one of my walks, I was playing my iPod, and I heard a rare mix of Glide, different from what's on the album, and I thought, hmm, this is rather good. So here is Glide, an earlier rendition of the song, not heard on the album, but um, I think it has something quite special going for it. Glide.
1: Birds that guide the lake Turn on the wind Make their escape It's the same for
2: us
1: If we believe Love has no boundary And all the fears That gather round We won't let them weigh us down Unchain the about chain of mind and baby just close your eyes and we'll glide across the your head to mine. And together we'll stretch our arms out real wide. We fly, we fly. And we'll glide across the rooftop. We will glide.
0: song called Glide. I think we've all had that feeling in our lives where we just want to escape, reach up into the sky, take off and glide. Glide away. I've enjoyed myself. I've had a good time on this uh, radio show experiment of mine. Um, I saw that we got eight songs in in within a time of maybe an hour, which is fantastic because I didn't think I'd get that many songs in because I've got a very big mouth. Um, I remember as a boy uh, back in England, Southampton, listening to Radio Luxembourg, a pirate radio station, and I always remember that was very special to curl up in bed and turn on the plastic transistor radio and get totally lost in new pop music. So if you've enjoyed joining me in the Owl's Nest for this brief period, let me know. Um, If you didn't enjoy it, let me know. Um, Then I'll know if we're going to do another episode. Let's wait and see what you all think. Ah, that's the sound that says I have to take a break here for our corporate sponsors, Arning Board Records. And under the threat of mortal injury, I have to play this. Go to CD Baby, go to Amazon, go to iTunes, go to Google, download immediately. I'm paid, and I endorse this message. <laughs> have you ever noticed those infomercials where they give you the details at ridiculous speed so you can't tell what's going on? Ah! That's the sound of the tea boiling. So I think we've come to the end of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you for joining me. And a lot of the music that you've heard uh, here, you can pick up at CD Baby. Yes, still the hard form of real CDs. Um, A lot of the songs uh, can be found there on my albums. And a lot of my songs that you heard here can be downloaded at iTunes. And as you heard from that, incredible fast infocommercial on lots of other download sites on the internet. And here's my quote for the day to leave you with. It comes from the Buddha. As a mother watches over her child, willing to risk her own life to protect her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings, suffusing the whole world with unobstructed loving kindness. And my friends, let's stop animal testing. Uh, non animal technology has come of age. Let's show compassion to our fellow innocent creatures. I've had a lovely time. Uh, thank you for being here and for having a cup of tea with me and sharing some of my music, some of my odds and sods, etc. Let's do it again soon. In the Owl's Nest